0: Arranging is a super important skill for a songwriter and it becomes more and more important with time as recording equipment becomes more cheap, more people are recording at home with music genres like EDM especially. A part of the songwriting process is actually recording straight into a DAW and arranging right away. So arranging has become in a lot of cases, even a part of this songwriting process rather than something that you do mostly after the songwriting has been done. So arranging keeps becoming more and more important. So let's talk about three mistakes that songwriters can do while arranging their songs. Let's talk about it in this 123rd episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. This is episode 123. And as always, I am your host, Joseph Vidala. Today, we are talking about arranging and specifically three mistakes to avoid when you are arranging songs. Before we dive in, though, arranging is just one of those things that you need to know basic music theory. You need to know the the notes that you have in your keys. You need to understand the basics of intervals. You need to understand chords and chord progressions, which those four things are what I consider the four pillars of music theory, the four pieces of music theory that you just really, really need to know. Knowing ad chords is helpful and great. Knowing other concepts that are more advanced, like modes, Lydian modes and stuff is super helpful as well. But... I consent, I don't think you need to know them. I just think it's very helpful to know them. What you need to know, though, are these four pillars. I have a free guide talking about these four pillars so that you can learn them. Link will be in the description. It's at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. So go check that out before trying to dive into arranging because you need to know the four pillars of music theory to arrange. You just do. Go check it out. So... Mistake number one is that people try to make too many parts shine like they are stars when the reality is that a song at any given time usually has one, two, maybe three stars. Not every part needs or should be trying to stand out and be a star. So this is true on so many things, right? A lot of times with movies – if they add too many stars to the movie, it just becomes a star-studded flop, right? Where like you had all these charismatic actors, but they all played such small roles and you didn't focus on one of them and it just got too overwhelming and there's too many characters that I was supposed to try to care about and and now it's just confusing and I, I want no part in it, right? You usually don't have 10 main characters in a book, right? Or on your most sports teams, right? You don't have... Too many stars because that's when you start to get divas and, you know, a player gets upset because they're not getting the basketball enough or they're not scoring enough or the team doesn't appreciate them enough because they feel like they're a star and they need all the attention, right? And this happens on football teams too, right? It's just a sports thing. You just can't have too many stars that need the attention. And our music is really no different. We need to let stars be stars and let supporting players be supporting players players. Let them both be good at their different roles. Your melody is always going to be a star, or pretty much always. It certainly should be. I would argue that you only really have room for maybe two more stars. You can have your vocal melody be a star. You can have your whatever your main instrument be uh, somewhat of a star. For example, if you have a memorable piano part that goes along with your melody, examples of this would be a lot of Five for Fighting songs like 100 Years or Chances or Clocks by Coldplay. A lot of the older Coldplay songs would fit into that where like the main piano part and the vocal are sort of both co-starring, right? The vocal is the main star still, but but right there next to it is is your piano part or say with Goo Goo Dolls, a lot of times take Iris or whatever. The acoustic guitar plays a somewhat starring role, sort of that main instrument. You know, maybe some songs have a bass line that's super memorable. And then I'd argue you have room for a third. Usually that third is going to be something like a lead guitar part. So say in your chorus, you might have a memorable instrument part. That's sort of your main instrument. You'll have your vocal and you'll have your, maybe it's a bass line. Maybe it's a memorable bass line. Maybe it's a lead guitar part. Whatever it is. Usually, though, you want around three. Maybe you can go up to four, five, maybe. But I really try to focus on keeping it around three or around two if you're not counting your lead vocal. Because there can only be so many stars. And even things like power chords, right? You may think that's a star. It's really not, though. A power chord is something that adds power to the song. It certainly uh, adds adds sort of girth to the song, right? It makes it sound bigger. And more epic, but it's not something that like is a memorable melody that you're paying attention to. Right. You notice that the song gets bigger, but you don't like be like, oh, I'm going to ignore the vocal melody now and go listen to this power chord part. Like you're probably not doing that. You might do that with the lead guitar or a catchy bass line. Right. Like a seven nation army. Right. Like I'd argue the main star of that song is the bass line because does anybody even care about the rest of that song? Not a huge fan of that song, gotta be honest. Put all your hate comments in the comments below. It's fine. I think it's overrated. And I'm sick of every single college football game playing that one riff between every single play. Stop it. There's other songs. It's not that good. Please stop. Please change it up. Anyway, whatever. So another way to look at this is, you know, sometimes your... Support characters, your support roles need to stay where they are because they're great in that role, like power chords, for example. They're great in a supportive role. Fantastic. I'd argue, I mean, it's basically the, the no brain version of like, how do I make the chorus bigger and more epic? I know, power chords, right? Simple, effective. They're great in their role. But the second you take something out of its role and and make it do something it's not meant to do is where we can often get in trouble. For example, Cars 2. I know I've hated on Cars 2 before in this podcast. I'm sorry, Pixar. You make so many amazing things. Cars 2? What, What are you doing? You had a good main character in Lightning McQueen. And Mater was a great side character. He was funny. I feel like that's all you can really say about Mater. He's funny. Cars 2, though, said, Oh, everybody loves Mater even more than Lightning McQueen. Well, that's because he's the funny side character. That doesn't mean that they want him to be the main character or that that will be a good idea. Enter Cars 2. Terrible. It's so bad. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassingly bad. Like... I don't know how Pixar hasn't like shoved it on Disney and been like, you can claim that because we don't want it, right? Somebody else buy the rights. We want to ignore that it ever happened. And then Cars 3 went back to Lightning McQueen and was actually really good again, in my opinion. Go watch it if you gave up after Cars 2. Cars 3 is pretty good. But anyway, Mater was great as a comic relief character. Mater was terrible as a main protagonist. Terrible. The movie had other problems other than that, for sure. But that's a part of where they went wrong. So let your stars be stars. Let your support role be your support role. Good. Mistake number two. People always adding instrument parts instead of sometimes subtracting instrument parts or just changing up the instrument parts. I think it's something really important to talk about because you can get yourself in real trouble really fast if, for example, it's often recommended in order to hold people's attention and keep music interesting that about once every four bars, you want to change something. If your song stays the same for eight bars, 12 bars, 16 bars, that's where you risk boring people. And I agree with that. I think that's a good baseline, sort of like, you know, around every four bars, you want to change it up. Often, I think what people hear is you want to add an instrument to every four bars. The problem with that is your song in total is going to be like 200 bars, and if you do the math, it's like 50 tracks, right? You're adding something new constantly. You don't have to do that. Just changing an instrument part, what it's playing, even very subtly can make a world of difference. Here's a really simple example. Let's take a count like 1, 2, three, I don't know if you can hear this. I'd tell you to tell me if you can hear this, but this isn't live, so I won't know what you said. <laughs> so like, say it's a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And you say, "That's wow, that's really boring. That's one note playing on the one and the three of a four, four time song. So literally the downbeats. Yes, on its own, it's boring, but back to point number one, that one thing can add a ton to a song, right? Like just this one note can add a ton to a song it's just not a starring role but that's okay so anyway let's take that part so you have maybe it's you singing with an acoustic guitar it's the first verse and then four bars into the first verse you start with two three four one two three four you know how you can change it up to make it more interesting one, two, three, four. One, two three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, right? Like I don't know why I started counting faster. That was weird. But anyway, you um, got too excited, I guess. But the point is, right? literally I went from one, two, three, four on the one and the three, the strong the downbeats for four four time to literally every beat. And that in the context of a song is a change up that adds energy and makes it more interesting. Super simple. I didn't change the note. I just changed how often I hit the note. That's not even getting into the fact that you can start doing arpeggios. You can start doing more of a chord. You can change the note. You can change the nature of what it's doing, right? Because there's a difference between basic arpeggios of... Right? This sort of has a flowy feel to it versus um, something that's a little more melodic. I don't know, just making stuff up, but like those two things have hugely different character, same instrument, right? So we just had a rhythmic part, right? And then all of those things are adding different textures, different amounts of intrigue, right? Some sort of have this, this energy to them. So like, for example, just going from one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, to one, two, three, four, right? It feels like, oh, it's revving into the chorus, right? Super simple change. So don't always add instruments. Sometimes just change up the part. Make it go from legato violin to staccato violin, right? Little changes can go a long way. Don't feel compelled to add an instrument. And hey, sometimes drop an instrument, right? Just because you have violin in your first verse doesn't mean it needs to show up ever again in the song. Maybe it can be brass from the second verse on. Don't be afraid to do that. As long as there's change, as long as there's building and breaking, that's what's important. If you keep adding instruments, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So don't do that. Change it up. Mistake number three, not adding what I call filler parts. So filler parts, basically, I would define as any part that you wouldn't intend on playing live. So, for example, if you listen to a song on the radio, right, even if it's a four-piece band doing it, or like the Goo, Goo Dolls, which is really a three-piece band, but they usually tour as a four-piece band, you do not hear three instruments in the recording, do you, right? There's, like, strings added, there's some synth parts, there's some, like, organ thing in the background, You have layers of guitars, right? You have like six electric guitars all doing stuff. And you might not notice all of them, right? But you notice, for example, there might be one electric guitarist in the band. But you notice, huh, the power chords are both on the the right and the left. And the rhythm's a little different. So there's two guitars, right? Already we're getting into territory of live. They wouldn't be able to quite do what they're doing here. And that's a part of what gives these recordings that professional sheen, right? They're in the studio they have time. They can add more parts that really add to the intrigue of the song. They can add more texture with these extra parts. They can add more harmonic intrigue. They can change up sort of your, your voicings, right? What note is sort of at the top is at the bottom. You can, you know, via some high strings parts, if, if your chord is something that is, let's say, we'll keep it basic. We have a, a D major chord, because I'm sick of doing C major all the time, so D major so different. Um, so you take a D major chord, and your your instrument arrangement might be, at least of your main instruments, where it, you're in that third inversion, or sorry, second inversion. Wait a second. First inversion. And in your first inversion. And you actually have the D at the top. So, you can easily change the voicing by having another instrument part that has the A at the top. Simple change. Most people aren't going to notice it outright. They're certainly not going to hear it or notice it. But that doesn't mean that they don't notice when it's taken away. Which is something important to talk about. Sometimes... You don't notice things, but you would notice if they were taken away. So for example, things we take for granted in movies, all the extras, right? Somebody's walking in New York City, or maybe they are in New York City, and there's like a sea of 100 people walking by on these crowded streets, and we just take those people for granted, right? But they're not looking at the camera like, ooh, I'm in a movie, Mom. Hi, right? They're not, they're not doing that. And we take that for granted, but the reality is that any one of those extras could have easily ruined the scene, right? Or if the set, maybe they're not really in New York City. Maybe they're pulling like a Seinfeld where it's it's filmed in L.A. And they built like one block of, of New York City. You know, not the whole, obviously not the whole skyscraper and everything. But like enough for the camera to have like a fake New York City, which is easy to take for granted unless they did not have that right if you notice like wait a second new york city just disappears over there in the camera that would instantly take you out of it you'd instantly know wait a second i'm being lied to and we all know that we're being lied to right we know we probably know that they're not really on new york city streets that they're on some sort of set but the illusion would disappear as soon as we remove these things that we take for granted that we don't think of as important because we don't notice them it's like the joke about the sound guy right Everybody notices the sound person when the sound is bad. When the sound is good, people forget they exist. The goal of the sound person is for people to not know they exist. Really, right? Because they only notice them when they do something bad. If the music sounds great, nobody's thinking about the sound person. They're thinking about the people playing the music. That's the goal of the sound person. Get out of the way. That's what these filler parts are, they're super important. Just like a sound person, right? A sound person is all important to a band's performance, right? If the sound sucks, it doesn't matter how good the band sounds. Like, that is an incredibly important role. As are all the, like, you know, the, the set of a movie, right? Like, if Iron Man looks great, but the whole background looks like it was filmed in my basement, guess what doesn't matter anymore? All of a sudden, Robert Downey Jr.'s great performance... Out the window, right? The amazing Iron Man CGI costume, whatever, out the window. Because the background doesn't look right. Filler parts is the exact same concept. It's so important to have these to really add to the song. To really give it that next level professional sheen. They don't have to be complex. Just holding one note in a string part throughout the song or through the whole chorus, or through a whole verse, can go a long way. They don't have to be complex. A lot of times they're gonna be arpeggios, single notes, or little rhythmic parts like this piano example I gave, right? Simple stuff like that. Those things go a long way, so add filler parts. Hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to drop a like and let me know in the comments down below if you want me to talk more about arranging, because I feel like I haven't talked about arranging a ton, which is too bad, because I, I think arranging is awesome. It's like it's it, it's 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 almost like this other layer gift of songwriting, right? Like you finish the song or you're in the middle of writing the song and the gift of being able to also arrange is like another opportunity to show creativity because there's creativity in the arrangement process as well. I find it super enjoyable. I'd love to talk about it more if you all are interested. So be sure to let me know in the comments or reach out to me via email. Or if you're a podcast listener, let me know in the form of a review. Go to iTunes, leave a review, and then ask there. um, Or let me know there whether you want more stuff on arranging or not, I guess. You can also tell me, no, don't talk about arranging. It's a waste of time. I don't care. I just want to know how to write the basics of the song. I don't care about recording or arranging for a band or anything like that. I don't care, um, which, as I say that, that's an interesting idea. Would you be interested in learning like how to arrange knowing like the band members you have, right? Like so figuring out what to do with the electric guitars in your song, knowing you only have one electric guitarist versus having two or something? I don't know. Let me know in the comments down below if you're on YouTube. Uh, and as always. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you listening and I will talk to you next time.